Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi, Sam. Hey, Sonia. What's up? What is up with you? I've been sick. I can tell you, poor thing. Why do you keep getting sick like every four months? I don't know, but I have a few theories. Would you like to hear them? I've been waiting a long time to hear this. Theory one, it's the temperature changes. Like the temperature has really dropped in Toronto and I go from minus three in the outside air to like 20 degrees in a restaurant or the streetcar or subway in a matter of minutes. And I don't think that's particularly healthy. True. We never had that in New Zealand. The housing was so bad here. It would be cold outside and inside. (laughs) (laughs) When I used to live in Dunedin for uni, like our flat was colder than the outside. I swear it just felt like it. And like no one wanted to turn the heating on. It was a rough time. (laughs) It's a whole issue in New Zealand. It really is like we do need to do better. But here they have such good central heating that I'm sweating as soon as I enter an establishment. You know, I'm peeling off layers. I was going to ask, are you layering? Because if surely like if it's hot, you take a layer off. It's cold, you put a layer back on. Like, is that what you're doing? I'm learning. I just think you need to really test it out because everyone's cold sensitivity is different. And I think I'm just a little bit better with the cold in terms of, or I think I do. And then I go outside and then I don't have enough layers and I'm like, my thighs are like frozen, you know? I just recall, like, Sonia's a real, like, voice notes girl. I think we've all, like, figured that out at the stage. But she will send me voice notes every now and again. And there's just so many memories of you just sending me a voice note. And you're like, hey, I'm just, like, not feeling so good today. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, why are you even talking? Like, put that away. Here's theory two. Go on. Theory two is that my immune system is shutting down and I need to look into it. Because I do not recall getting this sick. Like, I used to be one of those people that would brag about, Mm. I do not get colds. Like, I've never had the flu. And, like, COVID has escaped me. Mm. I think it has. To my knowledge, it has. I've been testing negative thus far this week. And now, at the ripe age of 26, my body's shutting down. Why? I have no idea. And I got sick the week before my flu shot. Mm. So that was just really poor timing. You just, yeah, you don't have luck when it comes to flus. Like we had this most beautiful trip planned out a whole week in New York and you were bedridden. And I was like, damn, like a whole week of being sick. Like that's new. Like I've had colds and stuff before, but like that cough in New York, oh, that like came from my... That was a very chesty cough. It would wake Sonia up. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It would be such a bad cough that she'd wake up from coughing in the middle of the night and we were sharing a room and I was still fast asleep. And one night I woke up and I was like, wow, that must be a really bad cough. Before we get into the show, a huge thank you to HSBC for powering this week's episode. 80% of money media tell women to spend less and make them feel bad about money. Yet more than 67% of women want to learn about their finances and grow their wealth. We are so proud to be partnering with HSBC as they pave the way for financial well-being and diversity, which aligns with our mission of empowering women. An integral part of HSBC's mission is to empower and support each customer with their unique wealth needs, whenever and wherever they are. 
So whether you're at the very beginning of your wealth creation phase and taking your first steps in investing, or you're starting to think about passing your wealth and values to the next generation, HSBC can connect you to global opportunities at every stage of your wealth journey. Jump onto the link in the description to find out more. All right, back to the show. Today, we get to talk about why everyone is firing everyone in the tech industry. First of all, before we get into this episode, a huge shout out to all the people that are in tech that are listening to this, because I do understand the absolute stress that you must be facing either to have lost your job or to be worried about future layoffs. I feel like they're both really crappy situations to be in and It's just such an unfortunate circumstance, but there's so many people that are not in the tech world that have no idea what is going on and what it means, one, in general, as an economy as a whole, but two, for their shares and for their wealth and also for their future careers, because we've seen a lot of conversations around people wanting to jump into tech and the amount of TikToks I have seen around like, I became a tech girly. This is my nine to five. This is how I got in. I mean, there have been people that have made careers off the fact that they will teach you how to like interview at Google, interview at Microsoft. So you can imagine that this has been a very popular conversation. And for the last two decades, I would say that the US tech industry has probably been a super reliable source of booming stocks, cushy, high paying jobs. And in the span of a couple of weeks to a couple of months, it really has taken a turn. In fact, in November, Silicon Valley companies laid off 20,000 employees. They had hiring freezes. And what's happening is a lot of people are wondering, is this like the dot-com bubble all over again? But more importantly, what does this mean for you as an investor? Well, first off, let's talk about why they're even laying people off by the thousands and companies like Meta, like Amazon, like Twitter, these really big tech companies, they have been making a lot of public statements around the ordeal of letting people go because when you let someone go, it wasn't like a few years ago where people didn't have really public platforms to showcase what's happening from the inside. Because these TikToks of mass firings of like these Zooms where 200 people are in a Zoom meeting and the company director is like, so here's the thing, you're all let go. I hated that guy. Oh my God. How do you not laugh? It's just like... (laughs) what the heck is happening right now in those situations or when you see those videos, they make these really public statements. Mm. And a pattern that people have noticed is that the reasoning behind why they're laying off so many people is for one of two reasons. One is they cite that they hired way too many people uh, during COVID and you know, in pandemic times. One would argue that we're still in pandemic times, but that's neither here or there. And two, the economic situation in the US right now. So to start off with the hiring frenzy of 2020, I feel like 2020 was like 50 years ago now. It is hard to believe that it was a mere two years ago, nearly three. But if you can recall at the start of the pandemic, what were we doing? 
we were online. I feel like everyone was gravitating towards all these apps and utilizing all these resources online. Schools shifted to online work. Companies shifted to work from home. These tech companies were booming in the pandemic. They were developing apps. They were developing solutions. They were developing, you know, how we have more succinct team meetings across like countries. That meant that they hired so many people in the pandemic to create these solutions, to test these solutions, and they needed that same amount of people to keep up with the upkeep. Now, in terms of the forecast in 2020, eventually as the month started rolling on, we really started to feel like damn, this is going to be a while. Like this seems like a permanent thing. Like who could imagine going back into the office? Who can imagine like kids going back into school? You know, this is the future. This is like what the Simpsons have been talking about in the 1990s of what the future is. Only to find out that, wait a minute, companies are going back into the office because they got to pay rent big rent in New York City or in the Auckland CBD. Those are two very different cities. I know. I just (laughs) go back to the office that I worked in and like the justifications were people trying to get back into the office and (laughs) it has haunted me ever since. Yeah. And so people are going back into work. Kids are back at school. And in fact, there are all these psychological impacts from working from home, from being at school, from socialization. You know, there's like this entire study that's currently being done on like pandemic kids and being born in the pandemic. And all that to find we're in 2022 or at the end of 22, these companies do not need such like a large amount of employees thus the mass firings for this reason. So to reiterate what Sima said, Amazon has laid off about 10,000 people, Meta over 11,000, Twitter, I feel like Twitter is in the news for like a lot of different reasons and for its very, very crazy firings, but about 3,700, which is surprising because I thought it was way more. And then Stripe, Salesforce, Microsoft, hundreds of jobs have been laid off. And it's just so sad because when you think of these really big numbers, you're not really thinking about, oh my gosh, like a whole person has lost like their job Mm. and their income. And in those fields, in those tech fields, Because other companies have hiring freezes or other companies aren't needing that skill set right now and, you know, other companies have the same issue, it's really, really hard to get a job right now as well. It's not like they can just find another tech job. Do you know what I mean? The competition is fierce. Oh, absolutely. And like with Twitter, even though it doesn't sound like a lot, because their workforce was only in like the 7,000 range, that was around 50% that they laid off to the time of this recording. And like, God knows what Elon Musk is going to do after that. You could also look at companies like Peloton, where everyone was at home. Everyone was buying Pelotons. They're like the electric bikes. They're like the home workout bikes that you can have at home. And you've got like the people that have an iPad in front of you doing the workout with you. And Peloton was like, great, everyone's on these electric bikes. This is going to be the future. So they increased hiring as if everyone was going to continue staying at home and not going to the gym. And obviously that wasn't the case. And they had a huge firing spree. They had to pull back production. It was such a nightmare. But that's like a really good example of like, you can't grow too quickly. That is not good for anyone. 
Mm. Now, the second reason why we're seeing huge tech layoffs is the, I guess what you could call the, like the broader economic wobbles that have been making brands more reluctant on spending on digital ads. So what I mean by this is if we take a step back, think of companies like Twitter, Google and Meta. So obviously like Facebook and Instagram. How do these companies make money? Because they don't really make a lot from their subscriptions, you know, the revenue sources that they have are really heavily dependent on ads. So Google, for example, has so many people that type in things onto Google to search and therefore if they put a sponsored post or a sponsored ad up there, they can ask a lot of money from advertisers to go, well, you know, do you want to be seen? Here you go. Now, because we have a lot of these advertisers, so think of advertisers like, I don't know, Dyson or a newspaper company or something else, Oh, you know, Nike, they are struggling to get people to buy things right now because everyone's bank accounts are getting more smaller. Everyone's worried about high cost of living. We're not spending as much. People are losing their jobs. So people aren't spending. Therefore, companies that usually buy advertisements don't have large marketing budgets anymore. Their marketing teams are being told like instead of a hundred grand to spend this year, you get 50 grand or 20 grand. And so they're not putting as much money into Google, into Twitter, into Meta. And so these large tech companies that rely heavily on advertisements are not getting that money and therefore cannot sustain to pay for all the expenses that they have. This kind of is what happened to newspapers when tech companies came around. So first newspapers used to be like cash cows, like they made so much money. And then when Google and Meta and Twitter came around, advertisers moved away from newspapers and moved to these online sources. And so newspapers really had to let go of a lot of people and couldn't make their money that way. And so it's kind of happening now and it's very scary because we never expected like these big tech companies to wobble the way that they are. I don't think people realize how much people pay for digital marketing. People make bank through digital marketing. And the fact that these cuts are so severe that it's impacting entire companies and it's not just tech careers, you know, people just think of engineers and like developers and all of that, but even the marketing team is out here, you know, fearful, like it affects everyone. When the marketing team gets told to lower the budget, that's when you know things are going to go (laughs) pear-shaped. They, I, just, I have like a skewed perception of marketing teams because of TikTok. Oh my God, here we go. What is your skewed perception? <laughs> Share with the rest of the t- group. <laughs> it's just the social media Gen Z gal that's like coming and disturbing everyone to make a TikTok for their company. And it's just like, you're really telling this kid that they don't have a hundred K to spend on marketing. Really? Are you really going to disappoint her? I love Gen Z TikTok. Do you ever see the ones where they're just like, oh my goodness, like this is how we all sign off our emails. And it's like Yoza Sim or like, (laughs) I'm just like, Jesus Christ, just write kind regards and be done with it. No, it's fun. It makes things fun. I do imagine that Gen X or like the older generations, they'll be like, what is happening? I just feel bad because like my parents still work in corporate (laughs) and like they do work with like Gen Z and, you know, kids my age. And I just, I'm like, 
I hope you're not confused. I've told them, like, if you're confused about anything, just WhatsApp me and I will be there with an explanation and tell you how to respond, you know? Your mum's like, I sent a proposal and someone said no cap. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, mum, get out of there. No one disrespects my mum like that. (laughs) Absolutely not. So the other thing that's been causing the, like, I don't like the word economic wobbles because it doesn't make it seem like real. It makes it seem like a funny little situation. Like, hee hee, the economy is wobbling. It is serious. The other issue is that we're starting to see the effects of high interest rates as well. So when interest rates are low, it is cheaper to get loans so companies can borrow a lot of money. Now those same loans are at very high interest rates. So even though you're not borrowing more, you're paying back more. Like you've borrowed $100 and if you only had to pay 1% interest rate, that's like a dollar. If you had to pay like now 10% interest rate, that's $10 more. And so we're starting to see companies go, whoops, like we have more debt to pay. People are spending less money. There's also the like whole issue with manufacturing and shipping times being a problem. And so the CEO of Stripe made a blog post on the company's website about their layoffs and they cited a few reasons, which I think applies to most tech companies. And they said, we're facing stubborn inflation, true, energy shocks, don't really know what that means, higher interest rates, true, reduced investment budgets, so makes sense and sparse startup funding and that's because VCs so venture capitalists they were pouring a lot of money into tech startups being like oh you know this is the best time ever let's put all this money in and now all that money has high interest rates and so it's like struggling plus a lot of these founders didn't really have solid plans for making money so you put this economic struggle along with the fact that they've hired all these people and like it does make sense. It's the perfect storm to go, whoops, we've made a few huge oversight as to our company's growth. The thing is, is that a lot of people like to think that this news doesn't apply to them, but in actuality, it does impact, you know, us as everyday investors as well. Do you want to take us through how it does impact us? Oh, absolutely. So everyone keeps asking, like, is this the next dot-com bubble? And just a reminder, the dot-com bubble happened in like the early 2000s, sort of late 90s, where a lot of tech companies were popping off. It was new. The internet was exciting. And a lot of people were investing in companies that didn't really have a solid plan or a solid foundation. And so anything that was like pets.com or animals.com, people were like, let's pour all this money into these investments. They're going to be like the next Google or the next Apple. And they crashed and burned. There's this quote that I love, which is those who do study history are doomed to stand by helplessly while everyone else repeats it. And so if you know what's happened in the past, you can kind of avoid it happening to you. In the five years of March 2000, the NASDAQ did rise 489% before crashing 75% over the next 18 months. And in five years to November 2021, which was last year, that same index rose by 205%, so not as much, but it fell by 38% over the next 12 months. So November last year to November this year. People will say that there might be another dot-com bubble, but I don't believe that. And that is because 
With the dot-com bubble, people were investing based off hope. There was no evidence or intrinsic value in these companies that people were buying, these brand new tech startups that we didn't know of. But now what we're seeing is we're investing in companies that have intrinsic value. They offer real value and services, Google, Meta, as much as I'd hate to say it, Amazon, Apple, Tesla. Like These are companies that... At the end of the day, there are real customers using them. There's real customers buying them. And yes, ad spend is down, but it will not be down forever. And therefore, we're just buying companies that went a little bit overpriced in the share price and have come down and have overhired and are letting go of people, which is very, very sad for the people affected and the wider community. But from an investing point of view, this is a short-term blip. It is not the dot-com bubble all over again. I did have a question for you because we talk a good game about research and, you know, reading company documents in terms of having that be a part of your decision-making and buying a stock and looking into getting an ETF, all the things. Do you think if you read in a company's annual report that they fired 11,000 people, would you, because you know that's like a short-term blip, would that impact your decision in actually investing in the company? I think it would because on one hand, some people could argue, well, it just shows that they're trying to lean up and it shows that they're trying to you know, make profits better and it's good for investors. And on one hand, okay, sure, that's a valid point. But another thing that I really value is company leadership. And if you're a company that has overhired and not taken into account that you know things might not always be perfect, like that's a strong example of like short-sightedness and not realizing, well, you know, one day the pandemic will not end, but not require everyone to be locked inside all day. And so with Peloton as a really good example, their CEO actually did step down because he did not have good leadership and good foresight. He organized way too many bikes to be made, organized way too many people to jump in. And when he quit and someone else stepped in, that share price went up in value. Like their shares went up when the CEO quit because it just comes down to good leadership. God, I would be so embarrassed uh, if that was me. Like share prices literally going up because I've left a company. Oh, it would be like the equivalent of if you or I stopped doing girls that invest podcasts, and then the listenership just like doubled. And it's like, okay, I would have so many <laughs> things to say. <laughs> I'd be like, no. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> I would log into Apple Podcasts and delete girls like this from the podcast system. I'm in my villain era. I would write a formal complaint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's super. Like, I think the economy exists in cycles and it's like an extremely volatile period that we're in. And it's hard to see the horizon, the light at the end of the tunnel, especially if you are one of the people that are going through all these layoffs and you've been part of this process, it's kind of dehumanizing to hear about yourself and your colleagues being talked about so clinically in these articles and in these like reports. Our hearts go out to you and 
Yeah, I think now more than ever, I think people are realizing the importance of like financial security and having that financial safety because it's something that is less talked about during these times is just having that safety net of an emergency fund, of having a few months saved up and like taking your time with the job search almost compared to people who need a job pronto. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just one of those things. But if we could wrap this up and summarize what we've spoken about, I think the main takeaways is that, yes, there are huge tech layoffs. Yes, it is so, so disheartening. I think if you've experienced a layoff before, you'll know what it feels like. It is not a fun time whatsoever, especially when you are in an industry that's known to just like be so stable. I think that's very shocking. But the reason why we're seeing such bad layoffs is we've had a very bad level of management where we've had huge hiring sprees. We're coming down from being locked away in our homes and that's obviously changing how human behavior exists. And we, of course, have a lot less ads being run by advertisers and therefore less spending and overall income, you could say, in the tech world. So it is unfortunate but it does I don't want to make sense I don't want to justify it but once you know why it happens you're like oh okay I can see how those things add to the equation now if you still would love a little bit more girls that invest head over to our Instagram check out our Facebook group and if you enjoy this episode please pop it on your story tag us on Instagram it's the best way to get the word out leave a good review if you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week until next time Sonia Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. Before we go, thank you again to HSBC for not only powering this episode, but for the rest of the season. Don't forget to check out the link in the description to find out more. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.